In today's episode, we're traveling to rural Michigan to see what happened to this family when they were out on their back porch. Then we hear from someone who had an encounter with, well, you'll have to decide for yourself. And finally, down to the Everglades to hear what scared off these two snake hunters. But before we get to the stories, if you dig these videos, hit that like button. And if you want to become part of the Army of the Dread, then subscribe so you can see all my new releases. Now let's get to the stories. When I first got out of the Army in the summer of 2021, my family and I bought a small acreage on the Michigan countryside. We wanted to be closer to family and thought it was a perfect place to finally settle down and put down roots. My spouse and I had three children, two sons ages three and seven, and in the middle was our five-year-old daughter. They were tickled to death to be able to live in such a big house with so much room to run, and there were virtually no predators or things we needed to be afraid of out there, aside from a few wolves, which generally keep their distance from homes. We didn't have any venomous snakes or anything else in the area to be scared of, so the kids were free to run in and out of the yard as much as they wanted. One night, as we were getting ready to settle everyone down for bed, we had the back screen door shut, but the main door was wide open. All of a sudden, our little Jack Russell Terrier, Max, started barking at the back door at something outside. So our daughter went to go check. It was an uncharacteristically brave move for her. She's typically the most shy and easily spooked of the bunch. When she got to the back door, she yelled over her shoulder at us to come quick. She could hear wolves howling off in the distance. We stood at the door and listened briefly before I opened the door to usher everyone out onto the porch so we could hear better. They looked at me like I was crazy, but I assured them that as long as we stayed on the porch, we'd be safe. Wolves don't come up to the house. They're probably just howling to find each other, and wouldn't it be fun if we should happen to be able to see one of them crossing the field? We stood out on the porch for a while. The mosquitoes were just about to eat us alive. So I was ready to usher everyone back in when my youngest son suddenly jumped to his feet and pointed off in the distance yelling, Look! When I turned, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. At the edge of our property, peeking out of the trees, there was a large glowing pair of eyes that seemed to be intently watching us. My oldest son seemed a little afraid and asked me what it was, but I couldn't really say for sure. I'd never seen anything like it. I told the kids to stay put on the porch and I'd go take a look. My wife yelled at me not to be stupid, but by this time I was already committed to the task. I slowly walked off the porch making my way closer to this glowing set of eyes. As I got closer, I began to make out the pupils and the hair growing around them, but I was only more confused. Whatever it was back behind those trees was at least as tall as me and was capable of squinting and raising its brow in an almost human-like way. I got about 20 feet from it, and I still couldn't make out any more than the upper part of its face. But that was enough. I decided I wasn't going to get any closer and turned to head back. Turning my back to it was a mistake, though. As soon as I did, the thing came bounding out of the trees, pushing me to the ground with this heavy growl. I could hear my family on the porch screaming in terror as they watched this thing pin me face first into the dirt. I managed to yell for my wife to take the kids inside and by the time I was able to look over again, they were all gone, and the window blinds drawn. I guess that was done so the kids couldn't see me. Although my wife and I still joke about how easy it was for them to just go in and leave me out there alone to fight this thing, I have no doubt in my mind that this was some type of human-wolf hybrid. 
I don't know, a werewolf maybe? The way it moved was very human, but the rest of it was purely dog. It smelled like a dog too. As soon as it knocked me down, it just took off into the woods. It didn't attack me or anything. I don't know, maybe it was just marking its territory. We eventually ended up moving out of that house. There's no way I'm having my kids around that thing. Hi Donovan, I've been hanging out for a while and listening to everyone's stories and trying to decide if I'm brave enough to share my own encounter. Well, I guess I am. Hopefully no one will rag on me in the comments because this is the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. Before now, my best friend was the only person I ever told. I'm not even sure what to call this creature I saw. A demon? A spirit? A witch? I guess you can all decide for yourself. I would be tremendously relieved if someone else out there says that they had a similar experience growing up. I grew up in Ashland, Nebraska, which is a small town about a half hour from Omaha. I was an only child. My parents tried to have other kids, but after me, my mom had three miscarriages and they stopped trying. Some people say an only child means you get spoiled, but that wasn't my experience. If anything, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me to be the best I could be. All of their expectations were riding on me, you know? But it was an okay childhood. Like most kids, I had a fear of the dark when I was small. I remember when I was really little. My mom would leave this nightlight on for me. But by the time I was seven or so, my dad said I was old enough to sleep in the dark. It gets pretty windy in Ashland, and I spent many nights huddled beneath the blankets, scared, as I listened to the wind howling and the scratching sound from the branches against the windows. I had a stuffed animal that was given to me when I was really little, by my Uncle Charlie. It was this unicorn named Tad. I remember Uncle Charlie telling me Tad would always protect me. The horn was a magical weapon, he said, that would ward off monsters. I slept with that unicorn from the time I was a little kid until I was 10 years old. I never really had any nightmares. Uncle Charlie died when I was 10. He was killed by a drunk driver. I didn't really understand death at that time but I knew it meant I would never see him again. A whole bunch of family came from out of state for the funeral, and I had three of my cousins share my room for the weekend. When everybody left for home, I realized Tad was missing. One of my cousins must have swiped it. I cried to my mother who called my aunt, but none of the kids confessed. I carried on until my dad finally had enough of that and told me it was time to grow up. I tried to behave and put it behind me, but I found it difficult to sleep at night. Shortly after Tad disappeared, I started feeling a presence in my room. I was convinced that someone was hiding in the shadows. My mom would come in and turn on all the lights and show me that there was no one there, making me look along with her inside the closet and under the bed to convince me. Then she'd leave the room and the feeling would start again. I started having vivid nightmares of a witch. Little kid stuff, I know, but they were so real. The nightmares lasted for months and I started doing poorly in school. I was simply afraid to go to sleep. I would wait for my dad to go to bed, and then I'd turn on the lights, and sometimes I'd be okay. But most nights I would dream of her and wake up in a cold sweat. Then one night it happened. I found out it wasn't just a bad dream. I saw the witch when I wasn't asleep. I was lying in bed, concentrating on getting myself to relax. The only light was a nightlight, because I was trying to get over my fear. I had closed my eyes and I was trying to breathe deep and evenly, like my mom had told me to do. 
Suddenly, I had this feeling like someone was on the bed with me. My eyes flew open, and she was right there, her face only inches above mine. Her eyes were dark and glittered with malice, and she was grinning like the joke was on me. I tried to scream, but I was paralyzed. I couldn't move, not even an inch, and no sound would come out of my mouth. It was like I was under this spell. She leaned over me. I could smell her foul breath. I tried to tell myself it was only a nightmare, but I knew it was real. My heart was pounding so hard it hurt. I could hear things in the background, like branches scratching on the window, and my dog's toenails clicking on the hardwood floor as he came down the hallway. If it was a dream, I wouldn't have heard those things, right? I could barely breathe as she stared into my eyes, her grin widening as she held her hand up to my face. One bony finger extended. It looked like a claw to me. The nails pointed in black. I almost passed out from fear. She lowered her finger to the side of my neck and pressed the nail to my skin with a wet-sounding chuckle rumbling in her throat. It hurt like the dickens, but I couldn't move or speak. I tried so hard to scream, afraid she was killing me. I was completely at her mercy. My dog saved me. Maybe he sensed my distress from out in the hallway. I don't know. All at once, he pushed his big head through the bedroom door and started barking like crazy at the old hag. She made an angry sound between a growl and a hiss, and then she simply disappeared. One second, she was there. The next, she was gone. As soon as she vanished, I was able to move again. I ran screaming from my parents' bedroom, absolutely hysterical, and crashed right into my mom in the hall. My dog's barking had woken them all up. Of course, they didn't believe me, but when I told them the hag had poked me with her fingernail, my mom brought me into the bright light to take a look. There was an angry crescent-shaped welt on my neck, just like fingernails make. Thankfully, the skin wasn't broken. My dad thought I had scratched myself. My mom took pity on me and allowed my dog to sleep on the bed with me after that. And a good boy that he was, he did, every night for the rest of my childhood. I never saw that figure again, but I still feel uneasy in that room when I go home to visit. My parents just don't understand, but I always choose to sleep in a hotel instead of there in my old bedroom. So I'm wondering what you all think. Was it a demon, a witch, a ghost? Please believe me when I say, it was definitely not a nightmare. I'm telling you this because I figure you're the only person who will believe me. It sounds like a joke, but my winter job is shooting snakes in the Everglades in Florida. In summer, I do jobs up north like lead horse trail rides in the mountains. So in Florida, we capture and euthanize Burmese pythons. They're the worst. They're an invasive species and totally screwing up the ecosystem down there, and a female can lay over a hundred eggs a year. Actually, a recent female was captured with over 120 eggs inside of her, which set a new record. This is official, by the way, and we're paid by the foot to keep these invaders at bay. The cash prizes can even be up to $2,500. So the day this happened, me and my coworker Jake got going early. I drove the SUV to the spot we'd staked out the day before. It was at the edge of the Everglades National Park. But there's nothing out there except for marsh grass and you can see a long way since it's so flat. Sometimes there's trees, but mostly it's just grass and scrub. Then it'll get swampy and there's a river that runs through there. There was a lot of fog that morning, 
and we figured we wouldn't be able to find much until it lifted. We parked, and since we had some time to kill, we drank the rest of our coffee and just talked about our strategy. A lot of times one of us would just drive the SUV while the other one walks. We'll take turns and we'll signal when either of us sees a snake. We flipped a coin that day, and I was going to be the one walking first. Anyway, we got tired of waiting for the fog to lift, so we decided to start out a bit. It was still a little dark, but I got a flashlight, so I grabbed it and we got out. I walked along that dirt road for a long time and saw nothing, so eventually I got back in the SUV and we just rode around. But we couldn't see much because the fog wasn't lifting. So finally, we both got out. We just started walking through the grass, staring down at the ground, searching for any signs of snakes. After a while, eventually we saw a big piece of snake skin in the grass. It was a huge shed, a python skin for sure. We walked the way we figured the snake had gone, and after a while, we saw it in the grass. There was no mistaking that python pattern in the grass, tan and dark brown. You can't miss it when you've seen as many snakes as we have. I gave Jake our signal, two fingers in a V. We quickly slipped on our leather gloves. I jumped toward the pattern moving through the grass and looked for its head. You want to grab the snake right under the head so it can't bite you. I've still been bit plenty of times, though. I grabbed and got a grip of that fat sucker right under its head. Perfect. Jake grabbed it, too, and he got out the big bag to put it in. You're not allowed to just shoot them right there, because they gotta be killed humanely. We bag them and get them shot in the head later. That snake must have been ten feet long once we stretched it out. We were yelling and whooping. We were so happy we finally found one. But just when we got that snake under control enough to wrestle it into the bag, I heard a hiss. Python hisses are really creepy with a distinctive sound. This was worse, though. The noise was so loud that it drowned out any noise of any other bugs and birds, which is saying a lot because they are plenty loud in the Everglades, especially in the morning. But the worst part about that noise, that hiss, is that it wasn't coming from the snake. It was coming from behind us. What the heck is that, Jake yelled. Nothing, I said, hoping I was right. Get that snake in the bag, I said. But before we could successfully bag that sucker, I heard something else like a person or a really big animal crashing through the grass and brush. And then Jake screamed and dropped his end of the snake. I looked up from the snake, and this thing was standing there. I don't know what it was, but it was big. Like bigger than me and Jake. I don't know how it snuck up on us. Maybe it crawled through the grass on all fours, blending in with the darkness, and then got up. It was black with these yellow eyes and this lizard face. But it had a body like a human or at least human-shaped. It started toward us and opened its mouth. I've never seen teeth that sharp and that big. They were like alligator teeth. Man, we needed the money, but we dropped that snake and ran. We got back to the SUV and I asked Jake what we'd seen. He shook his head, like he couldn't talk, but just shaking his head back and forth. So I don't know exactly what we saw. Was it a man, a reptile, an alien? Or was it even some creature made up of all three? There is really no way to tell, but for sure it wasn't something most people even believe exists. I know it does. I still hear that hiss in my sleep. And even though I don't know what that thing was, I know it was evil. I could tell that. And so, because you'll ask, yes, I've been out in the glade since. But no, I haven't seen it again. I think that happened to us because we were just at the wrong place 
on the wrong day. Let me know what you think about these stories in the comments below. Also, make sure to check out dreadsarmy.com, where you'll find all of my stories and multiple strange and weird news posted every single day. If you want to be part of the discussion, check out the forums on Dreads Army. We also have a Facebook group so you don't miss out on any updates. Thanks and take care.